Welcome, my name is Tanya. Welcome to 12 Elements Yoga and Wellbeing Podcast, Mind the Gap. Bridging the gap between life and your mat. I'm delighted and honored to have you, Stephanie, among one of the first guests that we have today. Uh, your voice will be shared and I'm excited to begin. So let's discover a little bit more about you, Stephanie. Uh, where were you born? And I ask this question because a lot of people are going to be listening in different countries, like my mother in Australia, and we know so little about Belgium as a country. So where were you born? And yeah, tell us a little bit more about you. Well, first, thanks for having me here. And I love the name of the podcast. I think that's really very well found. <laughs> Uh, so about me, I was born in Paris, France, and I've lived there for my early years. Wow. And then traveling started. My father was living between the United States, States and France, so I spent some time in New York when I was a teenager, part of my time. Then in the Netherlands, then in Belgium. I mean, I've traveled for traveling purposes, but I've, uh -huh. uh, I've spent some time abroad. Um, so that's that's my background, my and geography. And obviously, you learned English by being in the States or at school? Uh, there was English at school, but I did spend quite some time in the States. And interestingly, my mom, who used to work for Air France, thought that it was really important for us to speak languages. So even when I was four or five years old, we'd speak dinner at the table. We'd speak English at the dinner table. Oh, really? I mean, she was very... Uh, very enthusiastic about us doing wow. that. So it started at an early age. That's amazing. So who were your inspirations then growing up as a child in, for me from Australia, Paris is kind of like the epic of romance and um, I, I have no idea like who your inspirations were for you as a child then. You know, I can't really put a name on anyone. Yeah. Um, I was inspired by justice. That's the thing that really mattered to me. So I, I was, I had a strong sense of justice from an early age, but I couldn't say this person or that person was my hero. That there was no such thing. So interesting. Okay, so do you come from a religious background then? Uh, that uh, Tanya would almost be the subject of a podcast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I just have to say, really sorry, mom. So I'll try to summarize it. Basically, I'm the uh, product of a um, an interfaith marriage between two non-observant people. And as years went by, uh, my close family is essentially made of Orthodox Jews. Wow. Um, my children and I, we don't really observe any religion. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe in organized religion myself. Mm -hmm. I believe in something. Mm -hmm. There must be a reason why some things are running so perfectly. And my partner actually is an observant Muslim. And everybody not only tolerates, but respects each other very well. So that's a whole topic. That is definitely a whole topic on its own. So how do you, how did you find your spiritual path then? Well, I can't say that when I was really young and seeing, I mean, I was in a Catholic environment mainly and my friends were doing their communion. I'm not sure what it's called in English, but no, it is called communion as it's well. You take the, the bread and the, yeah. the wine. Right. Of taking right, and bread. everybody comes and celebrates you and you have a party and you have gifts. So around mm -hmm. those days, 
I was asking myself questions, um, but eventually, you know, I realized that I was, again, I, I sensed something spiritual, but organized religion was not something for me. Very interesting. So going a little bit off topic from that, what has been your profession then for the last 10 years? Uh, so for even longer than 10 years, for 25 years, wow. I've worked in the same company and if we speak in Ayurveda terms, that's my kappa side, right? So I was for 25 years with the same company, the same legal department. So I've moved, uh, obviously I've changed positions, I've grown into the position, uh, I've changed locations, but um, I eventually I was, as a lawyer, uh, I was the managing director of a legal department, um, also with uh, a government affairs side to it. Wow. Uh, in a oh, large in, U.S. In company, Belgium. yes, in, in Brussels, yeah. That's that's where, I mean, I've worked in France as well for 10 years in the, for the same company, uh, but so I was in Brussels for my work. Yeah. Wow, it's kind of, um, you know, when you said we're talking just before about things happening, I just, I can't believe that I'm sitting across the table from you now. Like you would not have thought like 10 years ago, perhaps that you would be sitting here with me doing a podcast talking about spirituality. <laughs> oh, more recently than that even. <laughs> Certainly more recently it's, than that. Yeah, it's amazing. So then uh, how has yoga changed your life? Like how did you get from working in that kind of environment to on the mat? Well, it went very gradually um, at one point. I mean, how I entered yoga to start with was totally incidental. Um, Your first class? Uh, yeah, I think my first class was, uh, was in 2007, uh, 2016. Everyone remembers the date of their first class. Really? Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Funny. Yeah. Well, what happened was at the time I had one of my children who had had health issues for very taxing health issues, obviously for her, but also for the family uh, for about a year. And I really needed to take some time off and, and reset. And so at the time with the support of my, my husband then and my three children, I said, okay, let me take a week off away from everything. And if you're a married woman who's a mother of three children, I mean, it didn't strike me that it would be the right decision to go to Club Med or something like that. <laughs> so I thought, well, what else can I do? And that's when I started looking up yoga and meditation retreats. Yeah. I had never done that, but I thought, oh, yeah, I, I, I've always felt some kind of attraction to India. And I thought, well, let me look that up. And I found one that seemed to be really good. Uh, so I went there a first time and it was indeed really good. So then months later, uh, I came back with my daughter, the one who had been unwell. Interesting. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it was very profitable, very beneficial, very good. Um, but then what happened is that as these things go, a few weeks afterwards, you go back into your normal life. I mean, I was practicing a little bit for some time and then I, I moved back on to something else. Uh, until last year when my health caught up mm -hmm. on me and the, the burnout came and I was just not doing well. So I always remembered that place that I really liked. And um, to me, you know, when you close your eyes and they say, think of a place where you're really well and relaxed on the beach or something, that would be the place for me. So it yeah. was my happy place. Yeah. Uh, 
And because I wasn't doing that great, and I kept thinking about the place, at one point I told my partner, who did not know the, the place at the time because he wasn't around the first time I had gone, and I said, well, do it. I mean, if it's so good for you, just just do it. And, well, that's when I was really ready for the journey yeah. of self-discovery. So I, I had the solution in front of me before the problem was there. <laughs> Basically, it was... I think that happens for a lot of people, uh -huh. and it definitely happened for myself. The first time I practiced yoga, and even knowing the information and knowing how good it was for my body, it was years and years later before I picked it up again. Yeah. It, but I also had that same sensation and same feeling. Yeah. So then going back the second time, how has now yoga changed you spiritually, physically, emotionally? It, it has changed everything, uh, frankly, really. Um, I can't say that I'm back to the person that I was before. I am now a totally different yeah, person, and I like that definitely. person better. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's changed everything. I mean, physically, of course, my body can do things that it didn't know it could do, but there, I still have lots of room for development there. Um, but it's a spaciousness, right, that you yeah. gives you. And it's, I feel like it's... Uh, you are able to move around with more ease. Yes, yes, for sure. Uh, for sure. I mean, you feel it when you walk. I mean, everything is more comfortable. You're, you know, if you stumble, you're less likely to hurt yourself or that kinds of things. I mean, you're just you're inhabiting your body differently. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, of course, you know, the, the mind and the soul, that's that's really where, where it's important. I mean, I'm... A much more patient person. I'm a much more compassionate person. I mean, I was always pretty compassionate, but the people who used to annoy me before in daily <laughs> life, you know, as these things happened, now I don't even have to make an effort. Yeah. You know, I I feel empathy for them yeah. because I think, okay, I think I know what's wrong, or I don't know what's wrong, but I know something yeah, yeah. is, you know, not sitting well with you, and that's why you're behaving this way, yeah. and it totally changes your day, and now. I can sleep again. I can do yeah. all kinds of things that I wasn't able to. And uh, yeah, there's there's some clarity in my life that didn't used to be there, and um, and confidence that the if you if you just trust the process, mm -hmm. you'll be okay. Yes, and the rest is agitation, which will not help you. Yeah. Actually, so. I think it gives you a very core root of coming back to yourself. And trusting all of the basic instincts that I guess as a child, we just instinctively had. Yes. Like you say what you th what's on your mind, you feel comfortable in your body, you are happy, you're running around, you're not thinking about your bills, tax and time mm. and things like that. And I think yoga really centers you and grounds you and bring you brings you back to that. I know the word is kind of a cliche now, but it brings you back to your authentic self. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and it's not... Only the bills and the taxes that do it to you compared to when you were a child, but it's also, I guess, how we grow up because we're to, we're we're told to silence our emotions. You know, we're told don't cry. Yes. Why not? You know, who's yes. that going to harm if I cry? It's yeah. so we repress lots of things and repress so much. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so I. It's funny that you mentioned children because I often take children as an example, example for breathing, for speaking up, for. Recently, I was in a shopping mall, a very busy shopping mall on, on, on sales day, and it was, it was awful. And it was just too much for me, the mm -hmm. lights, the sounds, the agitation. Yeah. And 
I couldn't handle it. And that's something I had never experienced yeah. before. And it's something I do less and less as well. And I thought, well, maybe actually we're not really meant to go through this. And, and again, look at the children, how the, they behave after too long. Exactly. The artificial <laughs> lights, the artificial noise, being in an artificial environment is not what we were innately born to be in. Exactly. Yeah. So then being in that environment and having all of that anxiety coming up, I'm just can think about it now. My next question then is like, when you went into burnout, how, how did that feel for you physically, emotionally? Well, it took a while for me to realize that I was actually burnt out and actually probably I had been so for a while. So very concretely speaking, the, the way it started is in 2021, there was one day when I was going to go through a whole day of video meetings, which was every day like that. I mean, it wow. was just daily bread. And that morning I got up and I thought, oh, geez, I'm going to spend another whole day behind this camera. Mm -hmm. Again, I haven't had any time to read any of the pre-reads and it's going to feel awful and you know, you're lost. And I yeah. thought, okay. Let me just stay in bed for today because I'm tired. You know, mm -hmm. I go back to, to work tomorrow. The next day it came and it didn't feel much better. And then I thought, okay, actually, it's going to be a long weekend. Uh, <laughs> so maybe if I don't come to work now and I just you know, wait until Monday and then Monday I'll come back. And then I, I didn't really come back. <laughs> and I thought, I mean, there were lots of things going on at my work then. Sure. That the atmosphere was, was not at its best at that moment either. So I couldn't really tell what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I ended up obviously going to a doctor's because yeah, this was not normal yeah. and I was not showing up at work. Yeah. So we were, we spent some months wondering, what is this thing? Is it depression? Is it, and there was talk of putting me on antidepressants, mm -hmm. which I'm not against. I mean, some people benefit yeah. from it, but I, I could sense that that was not the thing for me and it didn't feel right. So yeah. the doctor and I agreed that I would try to keep it under control as much as possible. And I had the prescription and all this, but um, I was not looking forward to doing that. And it took some further months um, before I actually got an assessment with the support of that doctor who said, mm -hmm. well, why don't you go to see that other doctor. And it was very, very clear, black on white. I mean, they've got very objective measurements, yeah. things, tests to see if you're burnt, burnt out. And it was like, okay, you're you're not a little bit burnt out. I mean, like, the, the, yeah, the light is not or amber or orange. It's, it's really very close to the reddest, yeah. you know, possible color. So you really have to, to, to slow down. Did it feel better in some way for you for someone because I know you're a very strong woman for someone to say hey listen I've got all the facts that actually say that you are burnt out then rather than you just thinking oh maybe I'm burnt out or a friend saying you're burnt out yeah it was at the same time it was a relief because now we knew what I had yeah. uh, of course it's a little bit worrying as well because Again, in retrospect, and I don't know how long it had been going on, but it had been a while that concentration and memory weren't the same way as they used to be. And I thought, okay, if I'm burnt out, that makes sense. And and an understanding that these brain cells will have to reconstruct themselves was, was also a scary thought. And at the time, I was still in that... Um, Bitter, agitated mode where I was thinking, oh, well, uh, you know, you always want to ignore what the body is trying to to whisper and then tell you until it screams. And there it was. It had been screaming for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I really had to do something, slow down and learn to wait 
until mm-hmm. the, the clouds were, were gone. Um, so, yeah, I guess in a way it's, it's always good to have a, a diagnosis, but also you feel silly. You think you, you thought you were smarter than that. You thought you wouldn't yeah. get yourself into that situation. Yeah. That That's at least that's what I sensed. I <laughs> think we ought to. Yeah. All right. So how was yoga a way of reconstructing, building emotionally, physically, or did you not do yoga in that period of time? For some people, maybe just like not even getting out of bed and just needing that rest for however long, or were you doing like a meditation practice, or is this where you started to get into Ayurveda a little bit more? Well, so I started the um, the lockdowns exercising and doing all the right things that we were told to do. So your burnout happened during lockdown? Well, it was it was one year after the first uh, lockdown, but I, I can't say how many we've had and yeah. when they were. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, at that time, I was still exercising. But eventually, because I was static at home, overworked, mm-hmm. underslept and, and everything, um, my, my body, you know, I had gained quite some weight and I didn't have the energy anymore. Yeah. And by the time I was sick or I knew I was sick, then uh, that I was not sleeping at night. Uh, then I was crashing during the day and uh, it was an adjustment not just for me, but, mm-hmm. you know, for my three children and for my partner, the superwoman in her corporate suit yeah. who, who does everything and, yeah. you know, get, takes care of everything for ev- everyone. At one point you're at home in your sweat, <laughs> sweatpants and crying and it's like, who's, who's that person who's not doing this for me or yeah. with me? And um, so, and, and that's when I was not doing well. And about the same time the diagnosis uh, came from the, the, the doctor is the time when my partner and I discussed that it was the right thing for me to go to India. But I had been home unwell for some months by that yeah. time. So I did. I went back to the same place where they still knew me. I, I, was, I felt I was unrecognizable. And that was one of the interesting things because one of the people working there, you know, said, hey, Stephanie. I said, how did you recognize me? He said, I, I just looked at your eyes. And I thought, yeah, it's true that people have a different way of looking at each other. And if you look at people's eyes, those don't change. Yeah. And um, so I went there with all kinds of ailments on, on top of you know the sleep, the bad energy, the everything that was wrong. I had tendonitis and, and the, the stress weight. in the body from the mind. Yeah. And... So basically, I was taken in hands by the Ayurvedic doctor, my yoga teacher, and um, the uh, meditation uh, guru there. And they all came to the conclusion, because for a number of reasons, it was obvious that I would not be going back to work for at least another year. Uh I said, okay, well, here's your protocol, you know, practice yoga so many times a week. And all the Ayurvedic things, which I'm not going to detail here, but what you eat, don't eat, what, what time, sleep. Uh, your dinacharya, your your morning routine, and and all the good things you could do, and they said, well, anyway, you, you have nothing to lose. Why don't you mm-hmm. do it for a year and see what happens? Mm-hmm. But it didn't take a year. I mean, within days, or especially within weeks, my sleep was immediately back, and everything was was changing gradually. Um, I actually, in six months' time, I've lost twenty kilos, which which I could afford to to lose, uh, clearly. But the point is, it wasn't even it wasn't even the request. Yeah. I mean, that was the secondary benefit yeah. to just following yeah. the lifestyle. 
So that's when I thought, well, this thing Ayurveda works like yeah. magic. I need to yeah, yeah, yeah. know a little bit more about it. Um, and so I've kept practicing. And actually this week, I was very moved and sent messages to the people in my place in India because it's it's been a year, a couple of days ago. Wow, wow. And you know, I was telling them... Uh, Okay, I've I've tried this. I've followed your guidance to do this for a year because I had nothing to lose and I have just gained so much. I mean, m m everything in the way I feel mm -hmm. in body and mind and soul yeah. is so different. Yeah. So, yeah. And you, Stephanie, a rebirth. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a birth, period. Because I, th this new person, I, I didn't know. And I think this... It's you know, exciting. This, this little child was was crying in, yeah. inside of me to say, "Let me out!" And yeah, yeah so and now you're out to play. I am out to play. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So winding up, then. Um, I know that, like, when you were doing the Ayurveda, I know that the practice of yoga obviously is very different in India to how it is um, in the West. But now that you're in the West and based here uh, in this time, uh, what practices or styles of yoga do you prefer or do you like to practice? I'm still more into hatha for now. Um, anything that is slow, not necessarily slow to the point of yin. It has to be the right mm -hmm. pace, but what is really important for me is the breath. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't want to constrain my breath mm -hmm. in one way or another. And, uh, and that's why for now I'm more called to doing that than flow or anything. Mm -hmm else um, but you know it doesn't mean that I won't do it also I I always need air and or not to be too hot or but I think I need air circulating around me uh, that's one of the things um, so I'm slowly considering starting with a warm class and wow. maybe one day end up with a hot class but <laughs> not anytime soon <laughs> it's it's for now I can't say that it, it's my thing but I haven't tried it yet and yeah. I may fall in love as other people you do you may you may fall in love yeah. yeah you never know well I really really want to thank you so much for coming here today and sharing your okay. words of wisdom and your story I know it's going, definitely going to be an inspiration for many so thank you so much Stephanie, thank you Have for the opportunity. Weekend. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.